there were things that happened this week that I'm never going to not see again. Like that there will be things that were seen that can't be unseen. I mean, it can't be that bad. No, this is like this I never like this is going to be one of those things that shows up when they're talking about the beginning of the 2020s in America, this is going to be what will be inflicted on school children of the future. It's just, they're, they're like not even words. Well, I mean, you know, we've got like this weird Cheeto elemental um, as president, um, and we're about to put, put a drooling imbecile to go up against him. Um, but I mean, come on, it can't be that bad. I mean, we've all seen Trump. Every, every school child in the 2040s is going to be sick of looking at Trump's face. Um, I mean, this, this can't be that bad in comparison. That this, this will legitimate cause lifetimes of therapy. I, I, I'm just I'm just gonna give you the link, and you can just watch this, and you can tell me. Okay, hang on. Uh... Ah! Fuck! What the? Ah! What the? Fuck! Why? Yeah, why? Yeah. Yeah. Why? <laughs> oh God! What yeah. have we done to history? <laughs> you have glimpsed the face of the harbinger of the apocalypse. So yeah, that that happened the same night that Donald Trump tried and failed at like me, like calming down the ongoing crisis that is coronavirus and the economic crash. That whoever the fuck it is that is writing this timeline, when yes, both of these things have to happen in the same evening. Oh my god. Welcome to Chop Shop Economics. We read this shit so you don't have to. Um, and frankly, we shouldn't have to either. Um, especially not that. Especially not that. I'm Miss Silver. Um, and we have our co-host with us today. And it's Dr. Spider. Who awesome. will never unsee Sarah Palin in a fursuit. Neither will I. I mean, maybe we'll see her being dragged from Midwest Fur Fest and uh, desuited like they did to that one Nazi. 
that was awesome um <laughs> and That's hilarious I'll let Miss Palin have to say about that. Palin went on to explain how the fuzzy bear costume made her feel strangely comfortable, stating, quote, to not be able to see much of anything out is really nice. It takes the sharp edges off the world. Everything looks a little softer, nicer. I needed this. I'm not sure we needed that, though. Um. But yeah, uh, you might have noticed that St. Helen is not with us today. Um, And there is a reason for this. Um, So yeah, St. Helen couldn't record with us today. um, Because, let me see, plate voltage too low on demodulator tube. Ah, wait, shit, that's the wrong excuse generator. Ah, no, she's taking care of a family emergency. Um, So she's not around. Hopefully she doesn't have um, Boomer Remover, but um, it would suck if she did. Especially after we've joked so much about it. Yeah. All the best for her and uh, her loved ones. But And hopefully they don't have the Boomer Remover. Uh Hopefully they haven't seen Sarah Palin on the Mass Singer. God's willing, I hope she never does. It's not that bad when you just see the thumbnail, but oh god, just it, and that seeing is, it in is, motion. And this happening in the same night that Trump opened his mouth and tanked <laughs> the Dow. That was hilarious. Um, so which tailing in a bear suit at the beginning of the bear market. <laughs> This is not the darkest timeline. This is the dumbest one. Remember, the guiding light we have for understanding anything happening in Trump's administration, such as it is, is rule zero. When in doubt, always assume the stupidest possible explanation. (laughs) Pretty much. Pretty much. So yeah. Stonks. Stonks. What the the hell happened? And (sighs) what... Well, you and see, which... when a daddy stunk and a mommy stunk, love each other very much. Oh, God. <laughs> That's what's called a merger. Oh, wait, sorry, wrong thought. Um... So, yeah, um, basically, the Dow ate shit twice this week. First on Monday, and then on Thursday. There's even a Wikipedia article about it. There is now a Black Monday 2020 and a Black Thursday also 2020. And both of them set records. The like Black Thursday was the like Black Monday was like the worst since 2008 easily. And Black which by the way for anyone who's been listening to this show, you'll know this is the first time we've uttered that exact phrase in the last month. And then Black Thursday was even worse than the 1987 savings and loan crash. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, we're having to start to crack open the history books to talk about how bad this is getting. And what's what's strange about this is that the 1929 crash um, largely took place over the course of a year. We've seen losses 
that took about six, oh, what was it, like four to six months to happen? In just days. Yeah, in days. Not even. This is like, we're, um, I don't want to sound too optimistic here, but I think we are now in weeks feeling like decades territory with apologies to Lenin. Talking about finance has officially been a drug subject. Yeah. And that's all there is to it. Take your pick, but. (laughs) It's important to note here that the stock market doesn't mean much. I mean, obviously you're a sucker if you hold a position, but let's face it. Most of the people who are listening to this, um, to this podcast and aren't just like hate listening so that they can, you know, clump chimp us or what, what the fuck ever. If you want to hate listen to us, that's cool too. I mean, we're not going to judge your trash. If that's your king. I mean, Everybody, oh, everybody was finding out this week that they had a kink for crying rich people watching the stocks crash. So, I mean, if your kink is like hate listening to us, then I mean, you know, I mean, we're, we'll accept Sarah Palin's preferences and we'll accept yours. So, indeed. So, the thing to remember is that like the stock market is fake, none of this is real, but number certainly believes all of this is real. Um, number and its fans are heavily invested in the mythology of the stock market. And so the stocks eating shit is important, not because it affects you directly, because most of most of the people listening have either no exposure or how never really thought their 401k was going to amount to anything. Uh, who knows? We actually may have some, like does market trading, although I'd imagine you fall in the category of this is like your hate kink. So if you're unironically listening to this podcast and you haven't sold off all your positions yet and put the only position that matters, which is cash under your mattress, remember vacuum sealed bags. All of your cash should be under your mattress. Um, You should not have any positions in the stock market. This is not just because it crashed. This is on general principle. But especially because it's... it, It didn't just crash. Like, it did... This was the week of economic analysts and the business news and everybody else going well that's never happened before multiple times like if you did that as like a drinking game on black monday or black thursday you'd be in the hospital which is not a good idea right now (laughs) yeah but it it like you had things like u.s treasury bonds now are going to have a net loss if you're buying bonds now it's at a net loss Holy shit, it's that bad? Yeah. Like, the current rate of return on 13-week, 5-year, and 10-year U.S. Treasury bonds, which, again, these things are like 
fucking better than gold. Like the promises of Uncle Sam are treated as better than gold in international finance. Is they're all trading at interest rates that are below the rate of inflation. So anyone who's buying bonds or has been buying bonds in the last couple of weeks is consciously making the decision to eat a smaller amount of shit that at least is predictable than going into the stock market. And this has been happening at an increasing level. Oh, jeez. Like, these guys, and like the fucking Chicago Options Exchange, which, again, for those who have tuned in before, these are the people who sell access to financial instruments, but you don't have the risk of holding an instrument or an asset. So you get all the benefits and none of the cost. Like, you get to have the milk without buying the cow. And in mm-hmm. these situations, they are doing all kinds of fucking gangbusters business because they're the assholes that are selling lifeboat tickets on the Titanic. Oof. Like, that's what they're doing in finance. Like, people are buying their shit all over the place because they want escape plans and they want out because they know that the jig is up. It's over. Yeah. There is only one musical chair left in 20 people. It's going to be bloody. It's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it, even with, well, like, and the thing that really says it more than anything else of how absolutely fucked things are right now is the, on Thursday, when, on Black Thursday, when shit was just completely in free fall. Tom Petty was at the top of the charts again, and uh, and people were like spooging to uh, uh, rich people crying on CNBC. The Fed, the the U.S. Federal Reserve, uh. stepped in to arrest the falling market and try to like inject some confidence in the market. So they went neat. We're just gonna like pull one and a half trillion dollars out and dump it into the markets. And for about 20 minutes, the stocks started to go back up and then went right back to diving face first into Wall Street. Now, it's important to note that only a third of that money was cut that day. The rest was scheduled to be dispersed the following day. But... So there was a rally. Uh, care to talk about that a little? Because... I mean, a lot of us who are economic doomers are like, don't fucking tease us now. Don't go back up. Like, this is the thing that's so... Like, this rally is total bullshit because you get this whenever there's any major crash going on. This happened in 2008. This happened in 1929. This happened in 87. This happened in 1982. Whenever you're seeing a significant kind of crash in the value of assets being reflected in the stock market, which basically in to like translate out of like fucking economic sorcery speak means money in the stock market that's backed up by actual shit, like real stuff. Whenever you have a kind of shortfall between those things, there's always this kind of up and down. Like there's always all these fucking dead cat bounces because Wall Street's busy like punting small animals off of the top of the NYSC in some desperate bid to wake up the free market fairy. And this shit always happens. Like the day after the big crash in 1929, the stock market rebounded and recovered most of its value. But no one ever talks about it because it didn't fucking matter then. 
and what happened on Friday isn't going to fucking matter now. Indeed. I mean, it's like, <laughs> I, I think that some of us are like, you know, a don't, don't fucking tease me on this. But also, it's like, the problem with all of this is, is people are like, well, uh, how to put this? Well, I mean, it's it's recovering, so everything's going to be fine. Trump restored confidence in the market. Um, he had a really good press conference, <laughs> <laughs> which we will get to later. And it's just, everything's fine now. Everything's fine now. We'll be headed back up to Dell 30,000. The iPhone 9 launch will happen on time. Without Southwest, Southwest. WWDC is, uh, it's actually going to be online this time. Online only. Yeah. So it's like once you start peering behind the narratives that the you know boosters are pushing, things look a little more dire. Like I hate to return to my favorite kind of test case, but we're gonna fuck it. We're gonna do it anyway because guess what? This shit matters. It's one that even if you don't own it yourself, you know people who do. We all know about the fucking iPhone. And it's not looking good, folks. (laughs) They did manage to get to final validation. But that doesn't matter. Because just because they have the phones in the final validation state, they, you know, can actually ship them. That doesn't mean anything if they can't actually get them here. And it also matters that they need to get enough of them in the inventory that they have something to sell on April 3rd or April 10th. We we don't actually know when the launch date is going to be. Because they don't know. They don't know. They don't know. Like, normally, like, the current rumor prediction is, you know, either the 3rd or the 10th after WWDC, because these things take a few days between the conference and the um, actual release date. And it's going to fall flat because social distancing measures. Have you ever been in an Apple store? Those things are not suited to social distancing at all. Uh. <laughs> How about anywhere? It's most of retail is going to be like. Oh, yeah. Like, this shit. is. Like, we've got like. Well, like. The... The whole point of bringing up Apple is because they are a canary in the coal mine. They sell one particular product or one particular set of products, but everyone is about to eat shit. They are not unique. They do not have some magical fairy dust from uh, bequeathed from Steve Jobs to Tim Cook. They cannot overcome market forces they cannot overcome the effects of coronavirus the boomer remover they cannot that they can't deal with that like in china after production restarted there were like intense like fights between 
exporters to get control and access to containers and container ships. Like there were like, I mean, I would like to imagine that there was some kind of like fucking crouching tiger, hidden dragon shit going on in the docks at Shanghai between all these different companies because you know that would fit with all the other fucking crazy shit that's been going on lately. For them to be allocating it that way, then by you know however the fuck the Fed decided to dump, like how many Bloombergs was that? Twenty five. So, like, 25 Bloombergs worth of money into the stock market and did, like, nothing. Yeah. Yeah, they dropped, like... That's already too many Bloombergs, but... They dropped, oh, four, four and a half in the first day, and then the rest the next day, and it didn't matter. None of it mattered. No, it was more like seven, but still, you get the idea. It would have been literally more productive to stack all of the actual physical money that you could get from $1.5 trillion, soak it in kerosene, and light it on fire, because then you at least would get some fucking heat. Something would have happened that would have done a thing. Physics work would have been performed. (laughs) There would have been an observable transmission of energy. I mean, shit, if they'd shot it into space, it would have proven that it is possible to create a cannon that can shoot one and a half trillion dollars into space. (laughs) (laughs) And this is... The physics potential out of being able to demonstrate that you could take this this corporate mass of bills and fire them into orbit. (laughs) But it was just, it's, it's pointless because here, and here's the thing, um, like how are, how are other governments that aren't, you know, us handling this shit? Well, okay. So in Italy, things have gone a bit squiffy because they had a large number of cases that showed up really quick, but they've declared pretty much a nationwide lockdown. Um, everything's on quarantine, and they're getting tests out as quickly as they possibly can. Mm-hmm. Cases in China are in decline. Spain just shut down all air travel. Well, even inside the United States, Jay Inslee in the governor, and yes, this is us actually saying governor officials did something intelligent, but leaving that aside, like Jay Inslee and governor of Washington is going to actually extend unemployment benefits to people who are displaced by the virus. Gavin mm-hmm. Newsom, who, you know, I'm totally shocked because he is such a creature of San Francisco, like development tech Lord asshole, Ron Conway set. That mm-hmm. it's actually kind of surprising to see that he issued an executive order on March 12th, authorizing local authorities and state authorities to commandeer unused hotels for extra beds. Hell yeah. Like putting the private into the public sector, the public good. What a fucking concept. Governor Cuomo of New York, he's like, you know, handling about as you would expect of calling out the National Guard and shit, but they're like setting up quarantine zones. You know, doing the smart thing. Like doing the shit you're supposed to do when it's like, oh, hi, here's an infectious disease that turns out has possibly a six percent mortality rate yeah worse if you're in if you're in vulnerable populations you clipped on the last part um like bernie sanders is right when he's saying 
this may cause more, this might kill more people than there were combat casualties in the Second World War. Like, brutal. That's pretty fucking brutal. And, like, I've lived some of these places that he's talking about. Like, somewhere like, you know, a small town in Tennessee where the health system has been practically wiped out to begin with, if you're not, you know, a paying customer, it's going to be bad. It's going to be really bad. Like, unbelievably. Um, Things were already at the breaking point before all this started. Like, people have no fucking idea how bad it's going to get. Simply because these these fucking ghouls left a whole bunch of people to die before the coronavirus. And I don't think that, you know, the antipathy the government has towards, you know, the inner cities, towards, you know, rural America, I don't think that's going to go away just because, you know, the coronavirus is active in stalking the land and doing all this fucked up shit. I'm sorry, that's that's just how I feel about this. Like, this is not... It's fucked. It, it is absolutely fucked. Oh, like, yeah. They, like, the state of public health in not just the United States, but, like, also, like, and other places that aren't responding very well is just... When people say capitalism doesn't do violence, this is the violence of capitalism. You are condemned yeah. to die because you don't have enough money. Yeah, that's pretty or much you're it. not useful. Like, you're not exploitable, you're not useful, so you're... You are a surplus population. That's, that's how they see a lot of us. You are a surplus population, and you need to go away. I mean, shit, there was that thing in The Guardian about, like, all these billionaires that are literally shit they not hopping into their private planes and flying off to bunkers in the middle of buttfuck nowhere to ride out the quarantine. Like, a bunch of fucking nobles in their castles during the plague. They're just fucking off to hide in these fucking, like, fallout bunkers. Like, running off to their vaults to let the rest of us die. Well, I mean, there's only one solution for that. We won't get into it here, but um, if you know how to use a welder... It may involve super glue. Or, you know, a concrete truck. I mean, a concrete truck is so easy to obtain, and they won't be expecting it. Thermite does horrible things to locking... Just saying. Mm-hmm. It's not that hard to make. Also just saying. Yeah. Parody. Parody. In Minecraft? Yep. Or in Fallout. Or in Fallout. But yeah, they that's what they've decided to do. Um, but meanwhile, what is Trump doing besides possibly getting infected with coronavirus? So... So yeah. Um, like, before we talk about like how Trump is handling it, it's also kind of worth noting that South Korea and Japan seem to kind of be getting a handle on things, too. Um, Iran's response was kind of delayed because they 
they kind of botched it. But all the people in charge of the response appear to be infected. Yeah. Last we checked. Yeah, that's that's part of the problem. Like, Oops. they they didn't want to like disrupt the election or the pilgrimage season, and now, you know, we got people collapsing all over Tehran. It wasn't pretty. High-ranking it, government officials. Oh yeah. Like. Like this shit is. It's. And you can kind of see it in all, like, the billionaires jumping in their fucking Learjets. Mm -hmm. Is, like, other disasters and stuff, like, you can kind of ride out with wealth. But you can't do that with a pandemic. You really can't. Like, you can see this in, like, art from, like, the Black Plague. of All these people that are, like, dancing around and they're wearing, like, the, like, fucking, like clothes or armor or whatever that shows their class and everybody's all dancing the same with death. Especially when a lot of the people in charge around the world happen to be in the most vulnerable age group. Yep. Uh, say it. I mean, Boomer Remover does not discriminate by class. I mean, you can't even... <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. like, it's just... It's bad, folks. And I know that we've been kind of... So, I mean, we have downplayed it a little on this show, which is, in retrospect, probably not the best move. But I think that part of that was simply, we didn't know how bad things were. And the reason for that is that they just aren't collecting People aren't collecting that data. We didn't have enough of a trend line to really... Like, we thought this thing had, like, 2% mortality. It's more like 6%. It's probably going to be worse in places that just don't have medical support. Once again, Jim Cramer actually manages to nail it. Like, what the fuck? We may have to reevaluate him. Because, <laughs> again, like, he had this rant on Tuesday, like, just after Black Monday, saying that market actors have more information about what's going on with coronavirus than is coming out of the federal government. And there's something really fucked up with that. And you know what? He's right. Why the one? I mean, that, that says something about the level of information that finance can get to begin with. It was just creepy to begin with. But also, too, how the fuck is it that fucking Wall Street knows more about what's going on with the pandemic and Wall Street's going, we don't know enough. Oh, shit, we're in trouble. Like, why do you think stocks have been looking like... I mean, it's not like a roller coaster or a drunken stumble. It's more like somebody, like, jacked up on PCP going to a batting cage. And, yeah, it's just... It is fucking crazy. So, I mean, it's like... A lot of governments are, you know, they're at least trying to respond to all this shit. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. I kind of wish we had that here. At least several <laughs> state governments are competently. Like, there are people who actually seem to know what they're, what they're doing. Yeah. So, uh, it's uh, nothing, like, better says where Trump is at than what came out of our man Larry's mouth on February 25th. <laughs> Fucking Larry. Larry, why'd you leave the cloak out? Why Why is there a bottle of vodka on your desk? Larry, what the fuck are you doing? Larry! 
Damn it, Larry. We told you not to go in front of cameras before hitting the breathalyzer. And he did it again. So Larry Kudlow, the National Economic Council, like the most important economic advisor to the president and keep to fucking Donald Trump and keeping in mind he got this job because he was a talking head on, on Fox Business. So for our new listeners, mind explaining just why we make fun of Larry? Oh, Larry. Well, aside from that, he may somehow get fired from his job as a trader due to his obscene coke habit in the mid-90s on Wall Street. Like, that's... I mean, we'll just sort of leave that to your imagine what that would bring him to actually get in trouble at his job on Wall Street for his cocaine habit. 120k a year. It's actually quite fascinating if you go look up how much coke cost back in the day. It's fascinating reading. And you'll quickly realize some things about this guy that will just... It's, it becomes apparent again, because when you look up this video from like a, a little over two weeks ago from time of recording, I, we were speculating, and this was in episode three, whether or not Larry was intoxicated when he was giving a statement on the state of the economy. We were sort of speculating maybe he downed a fifth of vodka after Donald Trump woke him up at three o'clock in the morning to tell him you have to make the market feel better. Well, we have further evidence, which may potentially, in a broadly alleging comedic fashion, suggest that Larry Kudlow may have a problem. What kind of problem? <laughs> well, Let's he... hear it. What kind of problem? <laughs> Larry, like, we know sometimes people have to use substances to get through hard times. Especially when those hard times involve things like going on CNBC and saying before live television that the coronavirus was contained. I quote, I don't think it's going to be an economic tragedy, end quote, on February 25th. And this is the man who went from talking head to chief economic advisor for Donald Trump. Oof. This is, this is, we live in the zone. We, we live in the fucking zone, people. And this is what that means. The Matrix is glitching out. Like, we weren't mm -hmm. supposed to see that. Like, and he was, and again, we also have to say, you know, Larry, we understand the use of chemistry to handle this high stress field. I mean, we all do that over here at Chop Shop. So we're not judging. We're not shaming here. Larry... We can understand using different substances to get through this really difficult and stressful field. I mean, we all indulge to some degree or another at Chop Shop, so we're not judging, we're not shaming. Oh yeah, fuck that. We're not, we're not saying, we're not saying this is a value judgment anyway. When we say, Larry, you probably should not have been knocking back highballs before going on CNBC. Yeah. It's just not a good look. Oh, yeah. No. I mean, the whole point of this exercise is to summon the fairy of consumer confidence. Larry, how do you think this looks to consumers? Once you've been climp-chimped on Twitter and all that fun stuff, like, people can fucking see you. Like, we're not just 
I mean, we're all uh, we're all uh, not all just drooling morons who stare at CNN all day. Like some of us go on Twitter. We can we can fucking see it when you do this shit, okay? And Larry, we are meaning this from the place of just the utmost compassion. Maybe you should seek some kind of help for because it seems that whatever it is you're doing is affecting your judgment. Oh yeah. I mean, we understand sometimes people misjudge things a little bit, Larry, but come on. Yeah. What the fuck were you on? What are you doing, Larry? Like, Ah. damn it, Larry! So, yeah, we've we've established to everyone's satisfaction that Larry was, in fact, drunk as fuck. Um, probably. If he's like that sober, then God help us all. Um, but here's the thing like so trump has repeatedly tried to like reassure people that everything is fine and he's on top of things the first day try did not work as far as i can tell you know that was that was amazing that was you could see line go down in real time the longer yeah. he talked it yeah. was incredible <laughs> to watch a human being tank the market in real time. Was that we all had this power, but... And the Dow lost, like, 2,000 points. Something like that. Worst crash since 1987. So, Friday. Well, and the best part about what happened with the thing that caused Marcus to totally seize up. And when I read this, I went, holy shit, he actually did one of the like top three unbelievably stupid things that he might have done in this crisis knowing donald trump because he loves shutting down borders and he loves being a gigantic superficial douchebag and deals with everything like it's a pr is he like flipped everyone out for a minute because his original speech said that they will be banning the movement of people and cargo including huge volumes of trade which apparently came off a teleprompter, or maybe it did. That's from the speech that was on the teleprompter. He could be, maybe he was ad-libbing, maybe he wasn't. Off the speech written by Stephen Miller and Jared Kushner. Who the fuck knows? But Yeah, I, mean, I get the feeling that, like... So that would have been, like, <laughs> that would have been, like, economic suicide. That would have been, like, neat. This thing called growth is not going to be in anyone's vocabulary for the next decade. Our own lost decade. He effectively declared an embargo on the European Union for 30 days of everything. And within an hour, there were tweets coming out that White House officials were saying, no, 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 no. He did not actually mean to say cargo. That wasn't supposed to be there. (laughs) I mean, the hell of it is, is that Stephen Miller and... Jared Kushner are both evil and stupid enough, respectively, to actually try that. Yeah, what is it? Don't let a good crisis go to waste. They would totally oh, do yeah. that kind of evil shit. So, like, I'm I'm half surprised that you know Miller didn't try to talk Trump into shutting down exports from China for thirty days or something. That that would have been my number one stupid 
that I would <laughs> that would have been the stupidest possible thing he could have done because that would have been like neat so this thing called global capitalism we're just gonna like take it down to the river now we're gonna send it to the glue factory <laughs> oh my god but that's this is that like this is in the top three of stupidest things he could have possibly done and they're immediately going oops i mean it's like Wall Street basically just rewarded him for a day where he was like, yeah, no, we're not actually blocking the European Union's um, After they managed cargo. to shoot enough money to forgive all student debt into space, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I could have used that. Oh, my God. <sighs> Tell me about it. It's so fucked. All of that cash burned to rally for like 15 minutes and then a single day. That was the most expensive dose of Viagra ever. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. And I don't... So what what went on Friday? Like, I've heard some of it some of the more embarrassing parts of it, but what happened? Oh, it was like, it was perfect. Like, so there was this like total bullshit field that existed in like current events and shit during the cold war in the United States called Kremlinology. Cause American uh-huh. experts didn't trust what was coming out of the Soviet sources enough to take right. them at face value they would do shit like analyze pictures of where people were standing next to each other, what order the members of the Politburo were lined up in a group photo, and all kinds of this fucking tea leaf reading, like Wall Street kind of bullshit. And you mm-hmm. could kind of do that for the first like half hour of when the press conference was supposed to start. So that's like the first the press conference was like half an hour late for Trump's own press conference. The whole time you see these reporters that are like sitting there in the road. They're, like, fidgeting with their phones. They're, like, chit-chatting with each other. There's, like, this one guy in the front row who takes, like, four selfies. Different poses. <laughs> I think he duck-faced once. I don't know. And there's, like, these three staffers up in the front row. Two of them are, like, literal two non-white women who work for Donald Trump at this point. And one was your, like, total fucking wasp clone churned out from the Harvard factory. 1970s edition i think and they're all sitting up there like seriously looking at their phones and then like looking at paperwork and then texting furiously and then like nervously chit-chatting back and forth and it's like no it's like nobody knows what the fuck's going on like at one point some like you see this guy that looks like he stole joe biden's hair took it to a salon and then put it on before going to the press conference sitting in the front row, like, smiling and nodding sagely. Oh, don't worry, young buck, this happens in the Rose Garden all the time. And it was so... It's just really fucking weird. And then he comes out and says, what's got to be the longest Bukake session that's ever been aired on primetime television? It was unbelievable. Most of it was Trump talking about, oh, we're doing such a great job. 
We're doing better than anyone would have thought we'd be doing. And he's standing around with all these, like, not even, like, what you would expect for, like, hey, here's our government policy thing where you'd expect lots of, like, fucking G-men and shit and lanyards. Instead, he's, like, surrounded by fucking CEOs. Like, all yeah. the people other than, like, Health and Human Services, like, the head of the CDC and, like, one other doctor... We're all like the fucking CEO of Walmart and Target and like all the other fucking big box stores that have totally destroyed small business. Oh, by the way, the Small Business Administration, Donald Trump, is going to be giving $50 billion for small and local businesses, which is like a mouse fart next to what Wall Street lit up on Thursday. But... (laughs) So he's hanging out with these guys. Totally normal economy we're having here. <laughs> oh my god. And it was yeah. So this is all of them just standing around talking about how this is the greatest public private partnership ever. That they're unleashing like regulations that were made for like an antiquated time. And of course it's all Obama's fault because Obama handled swine flu so badly that he tanked the economy and caused a small pandemic. <laughs> Actually, the best part, I'm kind of, I'm really curious what you think about this, Ms. Silver. Whenever the question of if Trump, who is, lives on McDonald's, is like smack in the middle of everything that's out there on vulnerable age groups or vulnerable groups in society, Mm-hmm. exactly the person who should be getting tested for coronavirus. Multiple reporters were like, dude, you were in Mar-a-Lago with an aide mm-hmm. of the Brazilian president who tested positive for coronavirus. And like the first two people who asked him about it, he was like, I, I-, I get my picture taken with a lot of people. I-, I don't know who this guy is. I don't know what they're talking about. Like, I, I I can't imagine like th- this didn't happen. And then he when he they were like, "Are you planning on getting tested?" Like his exact word, "It's in the calendar." It's in the calendar. Yeah, it's in the calendar. Apparently, he's actually been tested today, as of Pence's latest press conference. Yeah, yeah. This is this is normal. This is this is totally fine. Um. A pandemic is going on right the fuck now, and Trump has never been tested for goddamn coronavirus. And, and it's been exposed at least Until three now. times. Yes. That we know of. Neither has his staff. Uh, has Pence even been tested? I don't think Pence has been tested. Ivanka just went so... Oh my you know, god. We can speculate whether or not that's contact point number four. Oh my god. Oh my god. So basically the um the zoomers and we love them dearly here at Chop Shop Economics. They are the ones who will be suffering just as us in the fucked generation suffered. And we they've taken to yeah, they have, <laughs> they have, 
<laughs> yeah, they have suck. like. We're really sorry. This is gonna suck. Yeah, I mean, both of us and our co-host, rip to her. All of us here at Chop Shop Economics, we have lived through 2008, and 2008 sucked. It sucked ass. Foreclosures, evictions, all sorts of fun shit. Getting a job, good luck. Good fucking luck. Yeah. Like getting a job that lasted longer than two weeks did not happen. There were people who burned through all 99 possible weeks of unemployment insurance because there were simply no jobs to be had. They had to extend it in some cases. And meanwhile, in 2011, while the crisis was still going on, President Obama and all those people were arguing to like cut Social Security through something called Change CPI, uh, where they would basically um, limit how much the cost of living adjustment would grow for or for all this. And it was a lot of us who kind of came out of the doomsday economics milieu. At the time, we called it, on something awful, we called it Cat Food 2. Uh, because there had been a Cat Food 1, you see, earlier. Um, sometime in 2010, I want to say. And it was just so fucking bad. Um, and they lost. They lost because it turns out that you cannot compromise with Republicans. You can only totally capitulate to them. That's how it works. That's how it works now. And this kind of bold, innovative thinking will be what Biden or whatever ghoul they find to pretend to have Biden's authority or whoever they end up replacing him with. This is the kind of innovative leadership that they will try to put on us. They will have seniors eating cat and not the fancy kind. It, this is... It's... We are watching... And this is something that really has to be emphasized. The reason why this shit that's happening with the stock market is so big mm-hmm. is the way that it's happening is because a lot of other things have fallen apart in the economy. Tourism and hospitality are going to absolutely because the high season's not gonna happen. Retail was already eating shit. They're going to just die. Entertainment, concerts, all that stuff, festivals, all that economy was supposed to be ramping up starting in April. That's not gonna happen. This is travel. Like the airline industry is all like a fucking one of the big head honchos at British Airways was already saying this is the worst disaster they've ever seen. It's worse than 2008. It's worse than SARS. It's worse than 9-11. The, the airline industry is expecting to eat a billion dollars of shit because of this. And a lot of them can't take that. This is an oil. And they still haven't, they still haven't passed anything for ghost flights um, to force them to keep the slots despite not being able to use them. Um, a simple measure like that, and they can't even do it. 
And the only thing that's saving that shit is the fact that oil prices have tanked because Vladimir Putin and Mr. Bonesaw of Saudi Arabia decided to get into a mutual, I'm going to show you whose dick is bigger contest by pulling out sausage grinders and getting to... Oh my god. Yeah. Just... This is like... That oil price war is going to end at least one government collapsing. Like, it may not be the Russians, it may not be the Saudis. Some major petro state is going to implode before this is over. Ah. <sighs> Some of the more minor ones, too. I think we talked about it here last week or the week before, uh, briefly, about Lebanon eating shit. Oh, yeah. So that's going to be especially <sighs> fun, because the people holding less debt are all the oil exporters in the Persian Gulf. Yeah. So the Saudis and the Emirates and Kuwait, who are all going to eat shit because of this price war. Mm-hmm. are also going to eat shit because their debts in Lebanon are coming empty. And the money they put into the market is actually for making global finance function. Pretty much. Pretty much. And that's like the world that shitheads like Biden are coming into. And it's like, you know, I hate to be like electioneering cheerleader here, but like, if you're in the United States... Even if you're not, um, I mean, well, Democrats abroad already voted. Why'd you vote? I did. Yeah, I, I actually voted in home residence. Oh, okay. Uh, did help? Yeah, it was in California, so. Hell yeah. Bernie won California. Bernie yeah. fucking won. They just wanted to slow walk the results so that, you know, they can inflate their fucking Biden shit. Um, well, I mean, it's like... I don't know. That's a little conspiratorial, but I mean, come on. Well, it's because California actually has validating systems that make it possible for most of the state to vote easily. What a concept. (laughs) Voting by mail. It is fucking awesome. It takes a minute to do that with 35 million people. Like, well, and speaking of responses, we have like Donald Trump at his God damn it. When he wasn't like getting wanked off by all like the fucking CEOs of Walmart and Target and some pharma company literally named Roche. When that wasn't happening, you had fucking Skeletor Mike Pence up there, like, getting him off. Like, it was just the most, like, I I actually fear for, like, the moral health of our nation's children. That, That was just such a vulgar display. It was... I don't know how that was allowed to be on television when children could have seen it. Oh, indeed. Republicans with at least a few stars in the name. (laughs) Uh, Censor that, censor that. Parody, parody. (laughs) (laughs) Let's not get TOS here. (laughs) But, um... (laughs) So, here's the... Oh, like, here's the thing. What, what was Biden's fucking response to all this? Um, I mean, besides walking off the camera. That was, I like, I had to, like, watch that to believe that that was actually a thing. That was kind of amazing. <laughs> like, how, they were like... He, he, like, I mean, 
the markets bounced because Trump basically was able to walk and chew gum for an extended period in front of cameras when he wasn't freaking out over whether or not he has coronavirus. <laughs> like, it's when that wasn't ha- but like Biden couldn't even stay in frame. Oh my god. He was talking into his phone like it was a speakerphone call on the phone. So I'm looking at the, um, huh, is this the, yeah, that's weird. I just realized something. Huh. Joe Biden doesn't actually have a Twitch channel. There's like one, but it's for... There's no videos on it. There's no activity. And and this this is hilarious. Like, the fucking... One of their digital people was, like, wanking themselves off to, oh, this is so new. This is so new. We've, we've actually streamed a, a campaign thingy on Twitter, I guess. Or probably Facebook. Something like that. Yeah, it was like Facebook and Zoom or some kind of weird pledge like that. Yeah. And it's like they were stroking each other off, um, talking about how great it was, and then basically the the Bernie people who actually run like Sanders' entire um streaming presence were like, You guys realize that we're actually on bunch of platforms and we've been there since well since four months ago and i've seen it i i have actually watched the bernie sanders channel it is very well done very well put together they actually understand the platform even if they don't really you know engage with it like a regular twitch streamer would but like that's not the point the point is is what they're showing twitch Yeah, Bernie is Bernie is on Twitch. Bernie is on Twitch. And he understood that he had to be on Twitch. Or rather, his campaign did. And that should tell you uh, if you're under 50, okay? And the fact that you have all these heavyweight Dems, like Jim Clyburn and mm-hmm. James Carvel, who they wheeled him out of whatever fucking back closet they've been keeping him in like 2000 and like gave him a little quick cpr before putting him in front of the camera yeah we're both saying well we just need to like this is it we're done joe biden just won all these primaries it's fine it's fine we can cancel all the debates we don't need to worry about anything else and then we see like look the thing the thing is who knows what will happen in the debate anyway i mean regardless yeah Regardless of how the debate goes, there's a reason that this guy whose response to in the time of coronavirus says if Congress somehow passed single payer for everyone, which economically at this point would be an extremely good idea, because that means you'll actually be able to get a handle on what's happening and get treatment for people because people won't be staying the fuck away because they can't afford their copay. Hell yeah. Simple fucking economic social sense. He goes on MSNBC that he would veto anything that increases cost and causes insecurity for Americans 
in access to healthcare. Already insecure. Like, I'm fine. And the only reason I'm fine is because I'm on OHP. I'm already on Medicare. Well, Medicaid. But this, this fucking guy, he thinks that, oh, it's going to cost too much. It's going to cost too much. They literally just lit $1.5 trillion on fire to give the stock market a boost for 15 fucking minutes. Don't fucking tell me we don't have the money. It, well, it's like the fucking Tories in the UK always say, where's the magic tree that's going to pay for everything? How about the fucking magic money tree that Wall Street seems to have whenever it needs it? Yeah, yeah the fucking money birds. The money birds aren't coming back You come because he killed them all. Literally pay for all of this. Oh, wait, we Wall Street gets it. Wall Street gets minutes. it. Yeah. Yeah, that's... That's what we're dealing with here this is the level of incompetence we're dealing with here and this is this is why biden must be destroyed i can forgive a few fumbles in setting up uh, a streaming solution because that shit is hard Uh, and when you basically have no campaign infrastructure beyond a couple of empty offices I, I get it. It's hard. I mean, you're not going to be able to do that much better than a 15-year-old with their first webcam. And it, it's hard when the best ad, when the best argument in your favor is Erica. We just need to settle for Joe Biden. Yeah. I mean, I it's like I can I can forgive them shitting that up, but it's like everything about Biden should give you pause. The guy, his brain is literally goddamn He wants to make Michael Bloomberg the president of the World Bank. Yes. He wants to give Michael Bloomberg the power to ransom world government. This is the kind of evil we're dealing with here. And for the Warren stance, yes, he did put her for Treasury Secretary, but he also chose Jamie fucking Diamond. The, what is he, like, I want to say he's the Goldman Sachs asshole? You know, J.P. Morgan Chase, he was in charge of J.P. Morgan Chase in the oh lead-up to and during the 2008 crisis, and has been the and has been a CEO. Yeah, this is this is the brain trust that Biden is putting together to basically tell you to die in a ditch. And if you vote for Biden in the primary, that is what you're telling us. That is what you're telling my generation and the generation after me. You're telling us this is who you fucking signed up. Okay. You signed up with a senile asshole who will basically give Wall Street wherever the fuck it wants. Like th- this past week of lighting money on fire to make the free market very happy, that will That'll be every week. Every week until until the system can no longer sustain it. You think letting these assholes run everything is going to work out? It's not. When has it ever? It, it just doesn't work. And we just keep repeating this crisis over and over again. The jobless or, well, recovery be... has become more jobless. The... Well, we could be Fuck. doing that. Or we could even 
because we can say like no question trump's entire response to the pandemic has been a combination of corruption and incompetence all the ceos that were wanking him off are totally going to get the best contracts and the best deals from the federal government like you know there's going to be a conveyor belt of graft but it's like it's so predictably trump that it's stupid and corrupt but then we get or like biden which is just totally tone deaf but then we get over to the fucking united kingdom from broadcasting live by the way from airstrip one we have boris johnson and the conservative. Oh, God. Who looked at Trump's response and went, you know what, that's just not evil enough. I mean, we're just incompetent, okay? And we're about to elect another incompetent or the same incompetent. We we don't know yet. Or maybe Sanders will, like, you know, um, bring us out of this long national nightmare. I don't know. But look at the fucking UK. Look at it. What the fuck are you doing? At least you could say half of America's problem is that public health in America is, and healthcare in America is a shit show. So how much the government can actually do is kind of questionable. But in the UK, yeah. you have the NHS. You have nationalized healthcare. And the official government stance, although it seems to be changing, out, the official government stance is that they're going to take a, quote, herd immunity response. To the pandemic. By the way, that's not a thing. You have to have an actual vaccine. Herd immunity. It does not magically appear. No, but but according to the Tories, what's allegedly going to happen is the virus is going to pass through the population. Like, to quote Boris fucking Johnson himself on this morning, where he said, we're just going to take it on the chin. Then this is just going to pass through the population. And as it does, the survivors will have immunity that because they will have been exposed to the virus and it will therefore cultivate herd immunity and the UK will come out better for it. No, no, that's not even how it works. That's not how any of these things work. So that's what, so where they have the NHS, they have things like paid leave and shit. Mm Mm-hmm. They're saying, well, we're just going to let it pass through and it'll be fine. We promise. Um, Pay no attention to the projections saying that will kill 700,000 people. Oh, yeah. No, this is this is fucking ridiculous. It's probably going to be worse because they're even like they're even refusing to close schools and universities. Because cabinet ministers believe doing that would knock down the GDP by 3%. The GDP is going to eat shit anyway. It doesn't fucking matter. They don't give a shit. They're, like, part of it, I think, is that. But also, like, part of it, I think, is they're trying to save face. and Totally fucking up, even though they absolutely are. But, like, also part of it is that there was this, like, column in the Telegraph better known as the Daily Tory graph, like the closest you can get to the official media mouthpiece of the establishment conservative party, as opposed to the rabid conservative party, which subscribes to the Daily Heil. I mean, the Daily Mail. The Daily Whale. The... (laughs) From the Tory graph, there was an editorial. So there was an article that was published 
on an analysis of what was going on with interest rate cuts in the U.S. around coronavirus and in the Tory graph. And they said in their discussion, quote, this is quite unlikely to occur this time around. Not to put a fine point on it from an entirely disinterested economic perspective, the COVID-19 might even prove mildly beneficial in the long term by disproportionately calling elderly dependent. Yeah. But this is the closest you get to the official voice of the establishment Tory saying this. So it's not just... It's not just the Republicans, and it's not just the Democrats saying, you know, the official Democratic Party saying, okay, a lot of you will die, but that is a sacrifice I'm willing to make. They have decided to do this in the UK as well. Like, well, in the UK, they've taken it to the level of, neat, we get to decrease the surplus population. Just make sure not to say that out loud, old bean. Like, God. These fucking people. They're going to be the deficit of us all. See this? <laughs> when they're not like running off to like the fucking bunkers or saying, well, let's just, why not let the poor just die? See, this is what happens when you let sexist shit like the Dems run your country or try to, because they will enable the worst Tory bullshit possible. This is. This is partly their fault. Yeah. Let's well, this is and Blair. Let's be like, clear. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, this is entirely the fault of the Lib Dems. This is the right faction for not opposing the fucking Tories. Because when you let the Tories just do whatever the fuck they want, you get shit like this. You get go jump in a plague pit, and none of this is going to bounce back. Like all this economy. And- this is not going to bounce back anything. Like, people are going to be out of work for a while. Like, at least in Italy, they've suspended rent payments and mortgage payments and credit card payments for the duration of the quarantine. But it's, well, like, just because shit's getting a bit rough doesn't mean there's not ways that you can help out or that people aren't doing something. Like, I mean, we always try to give you, like, some kind of call to action on this show. I mean, it's like, I don't know. Um, in the face of this, a lot of our, like, a lot of us are eventually going to have to make a choice between social distancing, which is something we, we admittedly should all do, but at the same time, if you don't want people dragged to, like, some, you know, horrid meeting with the job seekers allowance, like, while you're, like, coughing up from COVID-19 on the desk. Like, if that's the future you don't want, you have to protest. You have to get out there and tell these people to fuck off. Tell them to do literally anything else but this. There's all kinds of groups that have been popping up, uh, like pandemic mutual aid groups, that are just people getting together to help each other out. That's that's how we're going to make it, you know? They can't do it. Some of them won't do it. So we we have to. And it's good for you. Mutual aid is, it is good for the soul. And there's one, that, there's actually even one that is called uh, Folding at Home that just put out a big push that 
is a network that allows you for any of you gamers out there listening to put CPU power towards uh, basically a giant like cloud server to help medical researchers process data and just do shit and just like increase their like bandwidth muscle. Not only do they have uh, CPUs, they also have GPU units. So if you've got a good graphics card that's not really being used, you can use it. And I really should um, get on that <laughs> because right now that's like, fuck it. I, I, A, I need the heat in here because it's like, it's in the 30s outside. And, you know, they need the help. Like, the thing is, is that it is not easy to spool up enough capacity to actually do the sorts of analysis that systems like holding at home can do. And they've only gotten more powerful in in the years. I mean, we're no longer just doing, like, protein simulations. We're doing, like, really important stuff. We're trying to figure out what the fuck COVID-19 is computationally. What it, you know, what can bind to it? What can damage it or denature it? All, there's a lot of computational work that goes into, um, into this. And it's like, we're barely at the stage where like isolated virus and started decoding it. Now the kind of the real work Begins, you know. Okay, this is kind of rambling. <laughs> Still here, like th- this shit's important. Go ahead and you know install the client. You can set it so that it works in the background, so it's not hogging the resources your computer actually needs. And you can. There's all kinds of, and we're going to in for that as well as some mutual aid group popped up. So even though, and it is necessary. From a healthcare perspective, doing social distancing and necessary quarantines, that doesn't mean you should be isolated from other people around you. And there's still ways that you can help because there's always, I mean, times like this is up to us. It's just like how you should be like in a union in the workplace. This is the same kind of thing. Like, and even though all the news is talking about people freaking out over toilet paper shortages. Or that one asshole bought up all the hand sanitizer in east tennessee did you hear about that oh the asshole yeah he's got like yeah. what seventeen thousand dollars seventeen thousand units of like hand sanitizer and shit and what he did oh. was especially egregious because he basically bought out the entire inventory all of the small towns around them so guess what people you don't get hand sanitizer because you're a dirty poor who lives out woods and so you should just fuck off and die if a city person ever coughs on or something like this is the kind of asshole we're dealing if you're thinking about hoarding shit don't but like go to the do this kind of mutual aid thing throw your cpu at folding and do what you can that's what we gotta do to get through this do your collective meetings remotely hell yeah I think that's it. And so. how about the end of, to sort of wrap it up for a slight change of pace, we're going to have a rather interesting recording that came from 
the streets of Italy where things are completely on lockdown, where people are like standing outside the balconies or on the rooftops and playing music for each other to keep each other's spirits up. So we're going to let them play that out. See you. Like a river flow. Down so it goes. 